welcome back to not only another episode, but a new season. Season two, episode one. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Cleaning. Um, and so hopefully you're, you've bared with us uh, as we introduce to you our new guest, Nacho. In fact, I haven't even got your last name. Nacho somebody. Campos. Campos, of course. Yes. Nacho, thanks for coming. Thank you're going to be the me. star of this season. Yay, yes. Of course. So tell me. We, tell we need to pull more um, numbers in Mexico as well. We've got no listeners over there, so <laughs> good to branch out. That's the only reason. So well, you've already ruined the surprise. Nacho is Mexican. In fact, please tell us a story. Do you remember I messaged you about where Nacho comes from? I learned the history, and it was to do with um, an actual. It was the dish because a guy named. Come on, tell me. Help me out here. There's um, a guy in the fifties. <laughs> come on, come on. There's a guy in the 50s who works in Disneyland, and his name is Ignacio, and the short for Ignacio is Nacho. Mm-hmm. So, um, while he was cooking in one of the restaurants in Disney, the tortillas were going stale. So he decided to just chop them up in little triangles and bar fry them, and offer them with a dip on the side, and hence the nachos are born. There you go. Also the home Caesar salad? That is Tijuana. Yep. Yes, Tijuana is invented, invented in... Oh, really? Yeah, Caesar salad is invented in Tijuana. Does New York try and claim that, no? I don't know, but it's really interesting. It was here, it was tier one, it was a chef, tier one who did the Caesar salad. Okay, so tell us, okay, you're from Mexico. I am from Mexico. And you like wine as well as tequila. Yes. So uh, te- how, how does the wine story with you begin? Tell us. Um, no one in my family has any relation to the hospitality industry or wine. Or mm-hmm. they're told you never to get into it. <laughs> they're you're probably the black sheep. They probably did tell me never to get into it. Just, I always have like drinking. One thing, led, <laughs> one thing led to the other. Uh, I, had, I had a problem, yeah. and then I thought I best get paid for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to, I wanted to learn how to drink better, so uh, I wanted to become a bartender, which then got me into wine, and and then I, I left the cocktails behind, and I just got into wine. You seriously. Seriously. a bit classier, a little bit more suave. James Bond, like yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. I don't know. Cocktails are classy. Have you met bartenders? <laughs> Okay, bartenders and cocktails are very different things. Mm, unfortunately, you have to see bartenders drink the cocktails. <laughs> anyway, you've always been classy, I'm sure. Thank you. No, I, I doubt that. Like, how I doubt d- that how dare you? I was actually a <laughs> good was, bartender. That was, that was like look she did not meet me two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Where are you working now? I work in Hawksmoor, um, um, the Guildhall branch, mm-hmm. the one near Bank. Yeah, fab. And, how, and, and you're doing your WSETs as well? I am. I've started a diploma. I'm not planning on finishing this year. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna push it back. Yeah. Well, listen. Oh, more interesting as, as stuff. we all know, sometimes it's nice to have a life. It, it makes right? you feel better. I've had to say no to do my advanced call again this year because it's just time frame is just crazy to try and fit the studying in with uh, life and a job. With life. And a job. And a job. Mainly work. Right? Mainly the work. Yes. Right? Mainly be able to pay to eat. I, I prefer to actually sleep. Like sleep for me is important. And having you get to. Sleep? No, no, well, I don't. I've done my diploma now. I don't have to. Oh, okay, I, right. I, of course, I can sleep. I don't need to worry. I anymore. can sleep in a normal life. Let them do my advanced. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so we're mixing things up. We'll see what happens in this season. Today, we are in Lathwaite's borough. So, we decided rather than bringing a bottle of wine. They're also not sponsoring this. We've had to pay for our own wine, which I'm oh, quite upset about. Right. Well, we haven't paid for it yet. You never well, know. Yeah, if no, we, if we get up and run, except then obviously when we hashtag them in, you know, they're going to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We uh, start planning our, uh, our, imagine, our crimes. Imagine, imagine the court case now going, we were never there. You did it on your podcast. You put the recording. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you didn't even take the episode down. Well, we know. It was good, good material. <laughs> so what we've decided, thank you, Nacho, you recommended that we actually come and pick a glass of wine here 
um, and then we can have a little talk. So I quite like uh, what's happening here. So the first wine I've picked, the Livio Feluga Terra Alte, 2014. So I'm quite happy. It's got a nice little bit of age. Okay. Oh, I didn't realise. Are we supposed to be doing your glass first? No. No. Okay. The moment's the end. It's just that I'm, I'm jumping. Order. I'm jumping ahead. This I just is all put about them in me. the order they were brought to us. I was not going like, to mix them up. So. We haven't done a podcast in months. This is all about me. Let me go. go Absolutely. Go. <laughs> Why did you pick up these ones? When was I different to any of the other podcast? Ah, yeah. Okay. Fine. Well. Back to the usual. So this is, for me, I've always, always loved the wines. They're really fragrant, they're really aromatic, whether you get the whites or the reds. Um, this is just a really pretty wine. This is a blend. Now this is a blend of um, Tokai Friulano, Pinot Blanc, and Sauvignon. All kind of in stainless steel. I believe a small percentage has a bit of older French oak casks, but it's um, just very aromatic and a little bit floral. What do you think? They're, they're you know, um, Livio Feluga always kind of mentioned from the Friuli region as kind of one of the top guys. Really reliable, really beautiful fruit-driven wines. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Not my, how, not my, my, no, no, my taste today is probably not going to be on point considering that I'm sick as a dog. So, like, <laughs> uh, so yeah. he's not really. He's just um, he's just trying to get the attention. <laughs> just faking it. Just faking it. No. No. No you, no, you look rough. Don't worry, you look rough. Yeah, we'll take a that to me anyway. we'll, we'll take a we'll take a photo so everyone can see how rough you're looking. That looks no different to normal though, does it? It's yeah, okay, fine, pale, fine. pasty, and sickly looking. That'll be my, my pretty much my uh, staple mark. What I really like about this wine as well, it's not just fruity and floral, but it's actually a little bit spicy as well. Um, there's a lot, and there's a lot of kind of violets oh, like a going white, on. Black pepper bit on the back. Yeah, yeah. I get absolutely. a little bit of tropical fruit as well, like a tinge of guava. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I was Wait, can you say that again? Guava. It sounds much better when you say it. Yeah, you so say it. You say guava. it. Guava. Yeah, see, yeah. It's, it's not, the G, isn't it? Guava. Yeah. Say it one more time. Say it, say it for our listeners. Tinge of guava. Guava. There you go. Did I say it like you? No. Guava. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guava. Yeah. Proper English accent. No, it's really, that's absolutely true. I was in Colombia over Christmas and we were having a lot of guava. <laughs> And I can pick it out, but it's just beautiful. It's quite mineral at the same time, mm. and the weight—it's—it's—it's it's, it's got a lot of aromatics, but actually, it's not too weighty at the same time. So it's a real freshness. Can you get that, John? Yeah, the aromatics are quite playful. Was it just tastes like the water? Fruit, the fruit I'm lacking on a little bit, but oh. that's, that's not the wine's fault. I don't think at this point. Uh, but mm. you definitely get the minerality—is the, the structure and the backbone of it that comes through the, on the back. That little pepperiness and the finish as well. Yeah, no, that's absolutely beautiful. So tell us. I said I've been to Colombia. You were just in Mexico. Right? Yes, I was just in Mexico uh, um, during February, enjoying the Mexican sunshine because it's not cold. <laughs> it's not winter there anymore. Okay. It was hot. It was great. And were you drinking wine or tequila? Because actually, there's some. I've been, you know, there's there's actually some really interesting vineyards in Mexico that I, I'm quite shocked no one seems to know about. I only drank one bottle of wine uh, while I was in a fancy restaurant. Um, the producer is called Mogorbadan. And okay. I picked it because it's a grape called Chaselas. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And clearly not a, not a grape that is associated with warmer climates. I was about to say, that's a very, that's, I think it's Switzerland, but I think Chaselas. Switzerland, yeah. and you get a and little bit... And you get some in, as well? You get a little yeah, bit in Jura, yeah. you get mm-hmm. a little bit in Alsace. Yeah. Um, so you get, obviously, that eastern, eastern side of France mm-hmm. and Switzerland, of course. So something I've noticed is, of the wines that I've tried in Mexico, Nebbiolo is one of the ones that I've enjoyed the most. Yeah. Interesting. Weirdly enough. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there's another producer in Mexico growing a ligote, 
Oh, really? Which I also find quite interesting. Well, I found when I did a little bit of research on Mexican wine, there are four, around 40 different varieties of wine growing, of grapes in Mexico. So there's a decent, obviously you've got all your typical Bordeaux varieties and a little bit of Spanish. I would have assumed Spanish would be what we carried over originally anyway. um, Well, it can't, yes. Originally, yes, but what what you have to think now is who drinks wine and clearly it's not the Mexicans, so it's mainly Americans who drink wine. Mm. So a lot of the... It's going towards the American taste. I I, I would imagine there's a lot of that consultancy from Mm -hmm. the States coming down to Mexico, telling them to extract the hell out of the grapes and then to oak them until until you cannot see anything else well, and, yeah. and then why because a lot of Mexicans will drink what Americans drink mm, okay. uh, we haven't found our, our own palate for wine yet you know there's there's a lot of going back to pre-Hispanic drinks there's a lot of mezcal because more artisanal the, the pulque now which Ooh, is the, the what? pulque which is a the pulque the sap of a maguey lightly fermented the sap of maguey. maguey is a You're plan. just speaking a whole other language so now. Speaking of tequila, we're going to soon have a, be the uh, only way you can get hold of a new tequila brand coming on the market. Oh, look, at, there you yeah. go, little plug. Viva, in, yeah. Yes, Twisted Cellar? Yeah, in Twisted Cellar, of course. <laughs> Twisted Cellar online, you can also DM me for details. But yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've only found a few top places in London at the moment. They're going to be uh, online with us. So yeah, that's my cheap plug for this, okay. for this one. But uh, yeah, great, good, tasty. The only English based tequila company in the world as well. English based tequila yeah, it's still being made there the t- best uh, distillery okay. in, in Mexico oh I don't know we should ask Nacho if it's the best distillery you know I'm gonna, I'll get the name wrong but it's what it's, it's coming the altitude is higher up and it's got its own um, specific water which is so it's been considered the best at the moment yeah. right it's awarded distillery uh, I should say okay. I have to check what coming in the name now but um, but yeah, but there it's, it's two English guys who've set it up, so they're such an English based company, only other one. But it's actually very good. It's, so it's, oh, it's actually. It's actually very good. Quite the English people have actually done all right. Well, yeah, no, I think they've made. But they've got. We would like this, and they've let someone who knows what the hell mm. they're doing do it. I think that was the uh, the main. So where is this wine that you talked about? Where's it from? Is it from the Baja? Um, yeah, the Guadalupe the Baja Valley yeah, in okay. Baja California, which is yep, just Baja California, no? south of the border. Well, about ninety percent of all production is there of yes. the wine in Mexico, right? Yes. Mm. Um, Big names have been there since the, I don't know whether it's 50s and 60s, I mean, from yeah. quite a long while, and it's obviously linked to, to Spain. So yeah, that's, that's the link. And you have Torres, for example, I think they have a lot of, a lot of space in there. Torres? Um, yeah, are yeah. Are, they, are, you, are you still getting any cooling effects coming in there at all, because of the heat, obviously? You do. It's spoken, like, yeah, no, this is, this is right on the coast. I mean, they call this the kind oh, of... Oh, so it's right this is, you, Imagine California, and yeah. they just keep on going all the way down. See, this is the thing. I, actually, they say this is like the Napa of, of Mexico, because you are getting sea breezes. The soils are supposed to be pretty granitic, um, and so that's why... You but I think it is the altitude. Kind of great varieties. It's, it's the altitude, altitude. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's really because, mountainous Because otherwise, otherwise you would not be able to work there. I mean... Yeah. It gets really, really hot. Yeah. All, yeah, pretty much all year round. So it's the altitude that that makes it work. I guess a little bit like Argentina. Yeah. Probably so not, at the, same, well, yeah. not at the same. Well, not the same. I might get this wrong, but Coahuila. 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 Yeah. Coahuila. So that obviously has Casa Maduro. Yes. And that is the oldest winery in Mexico. Yes. In the 1500s, 15. Yeah, 1590, something the like late that. Nice. Church originally, or? Well, they came over, all the Spanish came over, and obviously that's yeah. where the... the Which the, normally missionaries and follows around. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I know for a fact that that vineyard is on about 1,500 metres from sea level, so that, you know, this yeah. really is altitude. And then you go further down and kind of near Mexico City, the vineyards near there are around 2,000 metres. Yeah. So actually, when I was... 
learning it's actually really interesting and I think there's so much potential in Mexico for yes. some really fantastic wine yes the market is growing definitely people are more interested now uh, and you you start getting Mexicans dipping into that tourism point as well they want to go to the Guadalupe Valley to visit the vineyard there's lo- there's the, to look there, there's at the wine right so yeah they want to go to the Guadalupe Valley and visit the vineyards um, get some food paired with wine and it's just a little bit different than just sipping tequila and drinking beers. Are you finding that every that people are embracing the, the wines? Are there lots of wine bars around or is everybody still tequila or is it kind of craft beer or what is, what's going on there? Not a lot of wine bars yet and not in Guadalajara where I'm, where I'm from. Probably in Mexico City mm-hmm. more but I didn't I didn't check on that. I, I would say that there's a lot of craft beer going on about. Okay. And that definitely has taken a, a big part of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people making all sorts of styles from American pails, IPAs, stouts, um, vice beers. Interesting. Not, not, lots of hipsters then in Mexico drinking cream stout. Yet stout is not really the sort of thing you would expect with, with the 35 degrees weather, right? No, definitely not. But Oh, well, I I've like never it. met my father, he'll drink Guinness at any weather. Exactly. <laughs> There's always an excuse, right? There's always an excuse, and Mexico was never known for the variety of styles on beer, so okay. I'm quite happy that that's, that's happening, and then just people are open to drink more, yeah, okay. more stuff. So more talking stuff. about uh, drinking, what, what, what's the next one? The, the, the next one is, is yours, Nacho. So, uh, okay, what, what did you pick today, Nacho? I picked a Pinot Gris from St. Humbrek. Mm-hmm. Um, because I visited Alsace and I visited Singhumbrek and they were extremely generous with me. Oh, and you can smell those stone fruits. Please continue. Yes. <laughs> and, and I find it fascinating how everybody thinks that a, a producer is now biodynamic and organic and it has, they think that they have always been like that and that they were the first ones to do it. And when I went to visit, we talked a little bit about organics, biodynamics, and St. Hungrek, they said they, they were clearly not the first ones, that there are generations, and there were people behind them that they were doing it before, but it was just not a trend, or it was just oh, not something... In general, there's quite, there's quite a lot of organics and biodynamics going yes. on anyway, and it's, mm-hmm. it seems to be one of those regions, like a lot of regions where you find a lot of these older producers, you find a lot in Italy or even in France, where they go, oh yeah, we're that. We just never have called it anything or never named it. We've just yeah. always operated in basically roundabout an organic style because they never had a fashion come through to start using chemicals or this. Or I've met a lot of Italian producers who go, well, I don't pay money for chemicals. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's a different attitude to it. So unless you actually went to... An old-fashioned but more traditional approach. Yeah, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't from a case of wanting to be organic. No. They just had always done it that way anyway. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. So actually, it's quite an apt time to be tasting this with the raw wine uh, fair that just happened last weekend. So I yes. attended. I tasted a lot of wine today, slash cider. No, no. Ten, ten. But there were some gems. There were some genuine. No, I think it was just over the weekend. It was tenth and eleventh. Eleventh day. I'm going crazy. No, eleventh was yesterday. But you are going crazy. But you're sick as a dog, so it's okay. It's forgivable. That's actually because my my uh, my thing's lying to Is me. Is that your Fitbit? Yeah, it's lying. Well, you're to not me. very fit right now. <laughs> sniffling away, aren't you? How are you getting on with this wine? You're just picking on me. I am. You've been very vicious. Like it's actually, I just want. I would, to like, I would like our listeners to know that the minute, the minute I'm dare. down, the minute I'm down, Mrs. Mrs. United Yanina Doyle immediately puts the boot in. Like she I couldn't wait to start kicking you. me when she's sort of sick. No, 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 no. I'm, whilst this is being recorded, I'm going to bring Nacho into the middle, who actually physically is sat in the middle. Nacho, how mean was he when he was moaning at me and I was trying to pick places? I was trying to find. I w- 
It wasn't okay. I was preparing but things no, wait, wait, and wait, I was we'll trying to this back to this is you decide. We moved from the table they were already on. They had already been here before me. <laughs> I was admittedly a little bit late. And she had plenty of time to get organised and pick a table. She hadn't picked a table. All she'd done was gossip the entire time. Kids, she kids, you're missing the point. Tables. We're talking he's, about wine here. He doesn't, he's, he's always like this. And then he wonders why I pick on him when he's finally ill. You know, kick them when they're down. I'll remember, I'll remember, That's what I'll my remember. dad says. Kick them when they're down. <laughs> no, no kicking. No kicking sorry, today. Please, come, no, back to nacho, wine, sorry, please. Come. No kicking. Sorry, Dad. Um, so, um, <laughs> it, bringing, bringing it back to wine hey, as you'd like it. <laughs> what, what, can you tell us more about this wine? Um, I like Pinot Gris. As it's stylistically different to Pinot Grillo, even though they are the same grape. And I, I just like how intense and complex the wines can be when they're properly yeah. made. It's quite honeyed this one as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, it's also the Roche Calquet 2015. So um, I'm thinking 2015 a warm vintage all over all over Europe. So mm. this will not be the exception. Um, and it, it just shows a lot of concentration on the nose. And I love how that I've, fruit is ripe and I've intense. Alcester is a super interesting place for me because um, I'm a big fan of Burgundy, but I'm also a big fan of um, uh, Rieslings as well, especially from Germany. And it's, it's a weird kind of combination of the two in the sense that in Alsace you have so many tiny little bits of terroir. Sure. Mm. So because in Alsace, even if it rains, it doesn't mean it rains everywhere because of the exactly. Vosges Mountains. And it means that one vineyard might get hail, another vineyard doesn't get touched. One vineyard might get a lot more heat, another vineyard doesn't get touched. And it changes so much each year. That it makes it such an interesting place for that terroir-driven style. So you know, each person's wines are so individual. So I find it's a really exciting. You can't go. It's very hard to go. Oh, all Pinot Gris this year in Alsace are going to taste like this. You just can't do that. It's, it's everyone's is going to be quite vastly different, and then everyone has their own sort of techniques. I mean, it's also one of those places. It makes no sense. Why would you want to climb up hills with rope tied around them just to pick grapes? It seems completely baffling, but they, they keep doing it. The bigger the risk, sometimes the better the results. Um, and this is lovely, it's reward, beautifully yeah. off dry, lovely and rich. Yes, right, there's a little bit of residual sugar in there. Oh, definitely. Um, but not, but it's, but it's, I, yes, not I was just worried, it's just, it's, again, it's this massive obsession with people scared of a little bit of sugar in wine, which you know, I, don't, I never quite comprehend because we love sugar and everything else. Yes. Mm. Um, and I also, again, outside wines, I feel like they don't get as much credit for that because, like, oh no, but people got a touch of sugar. I'm like, is it bad? No. Well, then why are you worried about it? It's no, it's adding a little bit of weight. It's giving exactly. you, it, make, it seems more fruit driven. You can actually feel like you're biking, biting yeah. into a beautiful peach. Yeah, well, in this case, I find it very very well balanced I don't I don't think it is cloying in any sense no, uh, no yeah, I, I think, I think it's just super high as well yeah, though, yeah so. absolutely the city is phenomenal um, mm. yeah that's that's what I like about about Pinot Gris and, and producers like St. Humbrick you know they're not small well, by any chance but though, yes I've never had a bad glass always very reliable yeah, again, and, and I think it's also really interesting to see from that it's, it's also an interesting region obviously history because of the war and it's you know I've met families where the generation oh yeah my dad speaks my dad speaks German his granddad speak, my granddad speaks French his dad spoke German it kind of like they, they really they just each generation speaks well because it's changed hands yeah. so many times there's a lot of actual generational yeah. gap where one would speak both one would only speak one and you'd have like having to have Generations communicate with each other through someone else, and and that's what wine. Wine yeah. helped, right? Absolutely. That's that's what they got. Brought, brought, brought everybody together again. No, it's lovely. It's really, really beautiful. Mm. Good choice. We're very, very happy about that. So I was, I was looking for what is going on in the wine industry. Something that was quite interesting. And in what you know, let's something a bit topical. Climate change. There's so much stuff going on. Um, 
Torres um, from, from Spain and from Chile has actually teamed up with Jackson Family Wine Estates. This is actually still pretty new. And they've created, um, well, they're in the beginning part of creating like a global warming group for, for wineries. It's going to be called the International Wineries for Climate Action. So the idea is that they've got this plan that by 2045, all carbon emissions are going to be down by 80%. Um, I do feel at this point we should say that this has become quite a biased conversation and for balance we should bring on a loony who doesn't believe that climate change is real. Uh, who can't <laughs> see. Who's, who's the loony? Is this you? No, I'm, I'm obviously not. I'm not stupid. But I feel like, you know, you've seen how it's on the BBC, they have to be balanced. So, you know, if they, so are they, you going to act like a loony just No, I don't point? know. I feel that like we have to find one point of other conversations. With well, no, of own. course. At the end of the day, you know what? The way I feel... Also, you have to remember the earth is flat, so... <laughs> It's, uh, oh, so John's really <laughs> stupid. Yeah. That is obviously flat. Everything's conspiracy. To be fair, there are people. I mean, there's literally a proper group of people. No, no, right, no. They're, they're, it's, that, it's crazy. That are it's literally crazy. no. What, what, but flat what earthers. Yeah. Is, is that what they're called? Yeah, flat earthers. Now, what is their point of existence? I mean, no, like, well, no, sorry. No. What is their point in terms of what, what do they do? Do they go around with with boards? Do they? Do no, they no, chant? no. They, they just they, they, most of the time making they, bad videos on YouTube. Is that the point? Yeah. So it's and making production videos. They probably videos, so. annoy the hell out of everybody at, at the night party. And, and and they believe that all pilots are lying. They're all in on the conspiracy, and the governments are doing it as a way of controlling us. Pilots because are lying. If the world is a globe instead of being flat, mm-hmm. then that is an easier way to control all of us. Oh, and space is a lie. And this is what they do. So, just a so question: so, what they think that? So, it's the pilots that are just the lying, and they go up in the air, and they go in. in and they know like, it's flat. They're, going, and they're, 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 they're flying around the flat Earth, and they know that, and they're all just lying to us. Okay. That, that's basically what it is. That sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They need more wine. They yeah. need more wine. Well, for those people that don't believe in that, uh, and that do believe in a, a round world, and the fact that we probably should be doing better for the environment, which, you know what, regardless, at I the end of the day... We just destroyed a whole demographic. No flat earthers who listen to our podcast anymore. Well, you know what? We yeah. don't want flat I feel, earthers. I feel like I'm, gonna, I'm the nice one in, this, in the team of us and you're two, right? And I earthers. don't want flat that's earthers. That's very inclusive. I know, I'm sorry, but flat earthers, if you are listening and you still are, turn off now. Seek turn out. off Seek now. Out. Seek out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get yourself a glass of wine and turn off now. Um, yeah, so basically, the idea anyway, they're apparently, they, they, they want to focus on collaborations. So they feel like they're going to be inviting lots of wineries into this and that by more people saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and sharing all that, that again, they'll hit their goal by 2045 of carbon emissions being low by 80%. Apparently, they, they're doing like tests at the moment. They're doing audits and, and the two of them have already lowered their own carbon emissions by 25% just by checking things and going through everything um, and they're going to apply some scientific data after all the audits and boom and then start inviting people so I don't know I think that's actually for me you know we're all about sustainability these days I it think that's a good great. move it sounds, sounds great, great. Torres, Torres has, has, has always been very outspoken about it mm. and, and I quite like that but also I think that Torres is huge as a company right they have a lot of a lot of money, I suppose. Well, yeah, is, so is so is Jackson Family Wines. And yeah. Jackson Family, the as two well. of them they're, they're are huge. But there's also there's also doing all these things. Again, it's, it comes down to me always giving back climate stuff. It's all great to talk about having meetings and discussions and all this other crap. But it's like I don't know if you saw there was the um, I believe he's Dutch or from Denmark um, teacher who was at the Davos meeting. Mm. And he goes he goes. Does no one see the irony here that we're all talking about the issue of climate change and yet everyone turned up in a private jet? And, yeah. the, and the, the difference is just people not paying taxes and not paying their part, and it's, that's all that money that's been missing that's causing most problems. So, mm. I mean, it's nice they're talking about this, but I mean, over all these years, seeing all big companies, whether it being wine or whether it's not, 
talking and talking and talking, we're already far too late down the rabbit hole of climate change. And I think that the only way they're actually going to change anything is to do massive steps. I mean, like, I'm even looking at where we are now, we're going to start using uh, biodegradable um, packaging, so we'll stop using any plastic for when we send bottles out. So when we next do our next buy of stuff like that, we've got to look at that. But, and you know, there's all these other elements, and that's where everyone has to start moving forward. But it has to almost be like a massive industry change. Well, it does. But for instance, y you mentioned that they're, they're, they're massive, uh, like Torres and C. Jackson are massive, massive wine estates. But that's where those guys have the bigger power, the yeah, bigger it, voice, and they is, need to make the biggest change. All this you know? joining together and all this, it's, it, instead of honking on about. It's, it's more marketing for me. It's just, you think it's marketing you're, rather you're, than actually doing anything? No, look, like two massive brands going, hey, we're going to work together and help the world instead of just doing what they need to do. Yeah, but and that to me is... Okay, I so think you, it's you great. think they're just saying it? No, I think it's great. And whatever they do, I hope that it works. What I'm, what I'm thinking is how are they going to include the smaller producer, the producer who struggles year in, year out to make ends meet. And... We're not they're going to buy them. That's probably well, that's nah. Hopefully not. Uh, I mean... Jackson Winery, yeah, okay, they're good at that. They buy it and they leave their own no, no, team. No, I like Jackson, exactly. I like, Jackson, like, I like yeah, what they no, do. But if I'm going to be, let's be I'm, I'm quite clearly on the trying to be positive about this. You're saying you what it... Me? What, what I'm trying to say is, you said, what, what would they do for the smaller producer? That's kind of the point. They get to share and, I guess, come together, talk... Yeah, but this, um, is, this, this point is just to all committees. And I don't think committees mm. sold anything ever. I mean, have you ever met... You've met a council. They're, they're, they're the most useless body of people in the world. There's a bunch of people who well, don't. Well, now you've just about. turned off all the council <laughs> listeners. Now we've got no council listeners. I know, I know. I'm just going to, by the end of this podcast, we've got rid of most of our demographic of councillors, <laughs> flat earthers, and <laughs> other loons. But it's just, it, to me, I just don't think that standing around talking in a room talking about stuff, we already know what the issues of climate change are. It's not like it's difficult to solve the problems. It's just no one wants to actually solve the problems because it costs money. It's mm. just economics at the end of the day. So the easy way to do it would be just to solve the problems, but they're not going to do that because they're going to go, well, you know, we could do. Stop bottling at the estate and only bottle for closer to the places and this, but that displays value. And I mean, I'm as much as I love the idea of bottling at the estate, I love the romance of it. The fact is, in the wine world, we should stop doing that. Like, what happens in New Zealand when they bring over the Sauvignon Blanc is brought over in massive containers and then it's bottled somewhere in Spain and then it goes to the UK. That's far better for the environment than bottling at the estate. So, while it's mm. nice to romanticize a bottling at the estate, the bottling at the estate method should be completely gone because it is so bad for the glass moving back and forth, back and forth. It's just terrible for the environment. I was just thinking of a producer in Tuscany who tries to source the lightest glass bottle yeah. that he can okay. in, order to, in order to reduce... Actually, Spain and Argentina and Chile have a lot to answer for with their big, heavy bottles. And the yeah. way that they, they put the that. bottles you, in a you, in They a have box. a lot to answer, they do, but also China, other people as well as, as a con well, consumers, like the people buying it, will not drink or buy or get import the wines unless... They're big, heavy, chunky bottles. So many people have issues, to change their mindset. But if here. you're going to try, if you're someone like Jackson or Torres, you're so big you can make that stand. Yeah. You can go, if Jackson's family went, well, okay, all of our bottles are the most best way you can be completely mm -hmm. eco, as much eco friendly as possible. And this can be across our entire range, whether it be the most expensive or the cheapest. Yeah. I think there's someone with enough clout, they could easily go, we're doing this because it's what we have to do. No longer this, oh, well, we're going to do the best we can do. No, this is what we have to do. But no yeah. one's going to, they're not going to do that. Nobody so, wants to stand up by themselves and risk, you know, when you when you want to sell your premium fair, wines, well, Jackson, you want to put them in a big bottle because you don't want to, to Jackson, find out that half the population is not going to buy it. Just, you know, yeah, you're Jackson, like, oh. if you're Jack's family and you do, <laughs> it's the same thing that happened with the, the whole plastic straws thing in London. Yeah. Which is the minute it became a thing, every chef or name jumped. I remember working with a social company, they were like, we already had some plastic straws in stock. But because Jason Afton had said, oh, 
we were never going to use plastic straws again. We then threw these plastic straws away. <laughs> so so you took something that's been made for use, never used it for that use, and then threw it away. It's still got thrown away, it's still got put in a dump, and I've had this experience with a lot of people before when it comes to stuff, which is, it's all great jumping on a bandwagon, we're now going to use these paper straws or this, but you've just thrown away, because you're more worried about the marketing angle on it, mm. and they're not the only person to do this, I know so many chefs around London who did this, I know pl- plenty of people are like, hey, do you want plastic straws, I've got like 10 cases of the damn stuff that we've already ordered, we're not allowed to use them, because our Muppet chef or leader of our company has gone out saying, we're going to protect the environment, and then is so scared of the backlash, they won't use the straw. If you look at McDonald's, as much as we may not like them, McDonald's, the entire process, we're like, hey, look, as soon as we can, we're going to replace all our straws. But we've got two million cases of plastic straws that still need to be used. So McDonald's kept using But do you know what? Bigger company. And actually, that's, yeah, they, where, they, they, that's they, an they, example they, then of a bigger company taking the, an actual, genuine, honest stand yeah. and saying, yeah, actually, the difference is, is that's the difference between marketing and this, is McDonald's are big enough to go... They can market and everyone will hear about it, it and say, but if you're a small little restaurant... Jackson, or, Jackson, Torres and four or five other big companies went, look, we're going to start doing this, completely eco, but at the same time go, look, we understand the smaller companies can't do that immediately. Okay, well, guess what? what? Let's see. Let's yeah, see, because, you know, they, they, they're right at the beginning it's just the two of them the idea is collaboration just the two of them who make how <laughs> just much just the two of them well I'd love to see what the combined production of Torres and Jackson family but let's see estates are, are in, in litres of, of liquid so well, hopefully it, it leads to a point where there's a collaboration amongst as many I just, I just, I just feel again. This is when I hear the words collaboration. Lots of people joining together. <laughs> it all just John, John doesn't like Dan doesn't like people. So people joining together no, just, is his worst nightmare. I just find the committees don't do anything, and it's all about you know, look at United Nations, European Union, you, all of that stuff. They, they, mm. It's a lot of people in a room screaming and shouting and not doing anything. I was gonna say while well, we're talking about news, I was reading about some group of. Cava producers who decided to leave the oh leaving Cava production leaving yeah, yeah. the Cava Dio and forming their own because they think that well, Cava has really low standards. Ah. New, it's very in the, in poorly new, shown in the world. I told some questions for a friend of an age about the, yeah, the new Rioja classifications, and Rioja have done the same thing. Rioja yeah. within Rioja with their sing- now they're single vineyards and, and I, my well. singular, my, singular. No, no, it's also <laughs> sorry. Is that what it's called? Singular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not single. They're, they're singular. They're singular. singular um, oh, the, God. They've also created a classification, which I'm not going to try and... I'm going to get wrong off the top of my head. I don't write it down. For sparkling wines in Rioja. Okay, you don't yeah. have to use it. You can still use Carver if you want to. Yeah. But you have the option to. Yeah. But I'm finding a lot of people will be jumping on that. That's because Rioja... Rioja's reputation hasn't been dragged through the mud like Carver's have. And it's, you can attach yourself to it. But then, it, I don't think you'll muddy the water if it's so different to what we used to for Rioja. That's very interesting you mentioned that because I asked a producer about that. And his answer was, we've been making sparkling wine for years, for decades. And nobody knows about it. But now that they're going to make the same wine that they have been making before, but now it's called Rioja. It was so, so much better. Yes, exactly. Because they are just not associating themselves with a It's a brand with, with rubbish. Yeah. yeah, with well, a like rubbish the, wine. The Carver the 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 brand. Certainly the, in the UK, yeah. shall we say, anyway. The Carver Carver brand has been just dragged. I mean, you can repair that, but... It remember. will take a long time. The biggest time, problem, long, and this isn't me, this is a stereotype, this is a stereotyping of producers in the region, mm. not of producers or of Spanish people. It's not that to generalization. But speaking to a few higher end Rioja producers, what a lot of them have said is the biggest issue Rioja's always had is because a lot of the producers who end up getting some success aren't always rich. They're not like, you know, long lasting families from Bordeaux or things like this. They'll get big, they'll get rich, they'll start making their wine will get reputation, and then immediately they ramp up production and lose quality. Not all mm-hmm. do that, but there are a lot who do. Like, there's a 
a big enough proportion who will do that and then they always have these big dips and dives. So what's the plan then? So you've got a certain amount of producers stepping out and creating another... Yeah, they're, they're hoping create... to make a DO? Are they, uh, I think well... they're just stepping out for now and just going to do it as their own brand, is what I understand. They're just One walking brand? away... No, 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 their own brands, but they're, they're stepping their... away from the Carver name. So okay. it's, it's a group. It's a group. They've, they've got their own name. Oh, and their own name? Okay. Yeah, Corpinat, which I don't know what it means. Corpinat. Okay. In Catalan, it's a, yeah. Okay, so, so, so it, it's going to be separate wines, separate wineries, or they're all going to bring their grapes together like a cooperative, no, and it's going to be called Corpinat? I think separate wines. Okay. Separate wines is name of their different style of wine yeah. is going to be called Corpinat. Are they going to put in a really difficult Catalonian name to pronounce, because that is the worst idea they could possibly do? likely. But like, I mean, there's, a, there's a group from, of really good. Yeah, but if they've not really learned anything from Franciacotta, it doesn't matter how good your wine is. If English people can't pronounce it, they will I not know. buy it. I know, but it's a good start. It's a good start. I really, really like that. They they would really want to to get something of good quality. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think that so we need to. So it's Corpin Nat. Corpin Nat. If anyone wants to kind of investigate I mean, and see what's going on, okay. What our students want is even more complications in the uh, the DO system in in Spain, just to make my yeah. study even more fun. Thank yeah. you very much. I yeah. wish I wish our third glass was a carver now. That would be nice. You've picked. What have you picked? Um, so I'm being the constant Burgundy whore. I am went for a quarter of Charlemagne. You're a whore for most things, but continue anyway. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Burgundy whore. Is I mean, a good I'm thing kicking to you be. when you're down. Continue. I would, I would contest it, but I'd have to get some evidence based. Um, <laughs> Sure and you're too busy whoring yourself every night you haven't got time yeah. to collect any evidence yeah exactly um, tell us so it's Domaine Doudouat I believe I'm pronouncing correctly uh, 2014 Quarter of Charlemagne um, they're interesting production so they're coming from right on top of the hill um, just where the woodland comes in the, on the hill and they're only about just under one hectare so the production oh, is looking cool. at between around about 1800 to two and a half um, a thousand bottles each year so it's tiny production um, 14 is probably what we describe as a classic vintage one we don't get to see that much of anymore with the way that things are changing um, and it's you know, super elegant I think 14 is uh, for me one of my favourite ones to drink at the moment mm. they're beautiful but they've also got that potential to really age structures there as well fabulous that's delicious and I'm surprised actually that it, well, it's just so it's so rich opulent, all, opulent. opulent is the right opulent. word all, all three of our varieties have actually all been very aromatic now you know a burgundy a chardonnay i would never normally put in the aromatic category but actually this has got really almost a little bit soapy really perfumed yeah. again right the, the notes come through the right fruits really come through i mean 40 obviously is that is that classic year mango you've got, I'm getting you've got the right mango in there. Oh. yes definitely it's really tortles i always find them more forward and a bit more opulent than what you'd say you'd get from say like capulini or um Beautiful spice, like grated nutmeg. Yeah. 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 Oh my. This. Oh. I have to say, so we're tasting these wines in Lathwaite's. They've got the normal wines by the glass, and they've got a Coravan section, which actually seems pretty reasonably priced, and so, some nice selections. So it's really nice to try. And again, Lathwaite's would be nice if you could sponsor. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, give us free wine yeah. just for today. Just saying. Not, not force us when to run away. When someone at hears this in two, four, five years' time, when they, someone goes back to the you know, got mentioned on this terrible podcast. <laughs> Um, I thought um, you'd know about that. No, but I actually have to say as well, if you look at the vintages that we're all having, they're basically 2014s, 2015s. I'm looking at the list now. Their, their Coravan selection is 2011s uh, up to 2014s. Yeah, there wasn't... There wasn't uh, 2005 reds, 2009s. They've, they, you know... They've got some Asian, which is nice, which yeah, I actually know I'm a big fan of. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to really appreciate it, but this is a fantastic burger, so it's a nice wine to finish off on. Yeah. And what were you saying to bring him back the climate? So go back to come to. So I actually did a. Um, I was at the Flint uh, tasting um, 
week or so ago. Flint, if you can sponsor us and give us free Flint wine, that'd be great. Uh, Thank you. If you're, if you're listening, Caroline, yeah, some sponsorship would be nice. Um, <laughs> so um, but it was, there was a masterclass from uh, Bernard Noir in, um, from Burgundy. Again, mm-hmm. he's based in uh, the uh, Côte de Bonne as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really interesting. He was, saying, he was talking about the difference he could see between the wines. Obviously, he comes from a long generation of growers. He was talking about the difference and we're trying through lots of different vintages and the effects they have. He's talking about the, the, these warmer vintages becoming more and more common. Where, like, you know, things like 03, 15, uh, 09, these you would, you'd normally only see like one or two of these in a generation. And now you're seeing three or four or five of them within 20 years' span. Yeah. Um, he, goes, he goes, We are changing. He's he talking goes, People could deny climate change is not real. He goes, But we have drastically changed the way we are growing and the style of our wines he goes from my generation from my granddad's generation goes because it's getting warmer and warmer and more consistent there was and I'm unfortunately I'm going to give information that I can't actually contribute where I get it got it from so please a listener help us out and let us know but basically I think it was either on Instagram or on, on you know YouTube whatever if somebody had created a map it was a so, it was a social media um, someone had created a map of like the major cities it's like little little circles so it's not the map of the world it's just like a circle of all the this the major Major cities in the world, yeah. and basically they they took it from like 1900 all the way up to today, and basically they had different colours. And any time that the temperature went above kind of 30 degrees, then it went into like the red, and they had you know whatever. And you basically saw as all these different colours uh, dotting around, and it was staying much more blue and a little bit orangey. And as we've got more to today, there's hardly any blue anymore, and loads of orange and loads and loads of reds. Yeah. And actually, that was really interesting. That's obviously fact. So the same cities are getting are well, much, I think, I think, much I think wine yeah. is a great way for us to actually look because wine you have vintage reports these reports and, it, and it's in some of these places especially like in areas like Burgundy or we've been doing, they've not changed the way they're making wine for an extremely large amount of time they've mm. maybe improved a little bit pruning this that but you know the rules have been there for a very long time um, it's been the same grapes the same this so it basically gives you a snapshot the same like in the Mosul and other areas and the fact you know you've got people going he's talking about the times when he remembers in his lifetime having the wine barely coming up to the alcohol level to be legal like barely mm. getting to 11.5 yeah, I wonder and how much capitalisation is happening now in comparison to none, before. None at all. Yeah. No, 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 none at all. So, and now he's going, you know, now you've got wines. I mean, I've just come back from Mendoza. I've been tasting the Loire 18s when I was in White Paris. Loire 18s coming up 13.8, 14% for a Chenin Blanc from the Loire. That's crazy. That's high. You don't see that in South it's Africa. Really high. Really high. And they're like, and the, the wines taste fine, don't be wrong. They've managed yeah, it extremely yeah, yeah. well. You don't feel the alcohol. But the fact that consistently across all the different parts of Loire is tasting the wines at all that level of alcohol, it's really, you know, it's really extreme. And that's not just a stylization or way one person's making it. That's how so many of them are coming out. I mean, German's Riesling, Riesling is the other one, right? I oh, mean, yeah. how, also because they've gone dry they, as well, though that's a bit of They become well. drier because they become riper as well. Yeah. They don't struggle to ripen Riesling No, no, anymore. no, no, no. Problem well, you, so. you say that, obviously, working for a Chilean winery, you know, I hear... You've got issues with ripening, I imagine, in Chile. So. <laughs> issues with ripening. No, but, you know, the, the, everyone's now, plant, you know, people are finding more excitement going down south because it's a bit cooler, but more importantly, people are looking at going up in the Andes Mountains. Of that's course. now something a whole new territory but it's it's obviously going to be amazing for to great picking jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but it could be more, but it's, they're, they're saying fitness, it's fitness routine yeah. big by helicopter yeah well there's and do you know what there's a winery um i just a really sad story i was um chatting with um Carol Bryan from lady the grapes the other day she was telling me about a swiss wine um and it like, has a really really sad story and basically if i can find the information but the it was it's such a steep uh, slope that you can either trek through the um, mountains 
uh, for three hours to get to the vineyards, or you can get uh, like a funicular, you know, like a cable car to to go to the. It's called a funic. Am I saying it wrong? To pick, it sound to funny? pick the grapes Funicula. on the move. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? But no, I think it's literally just to get there. So anyway. hold my legs. <laughs> hold my feet, guys. I'm going to jump out. Anyway, the, the, the vineyards are so, so steep. Um, but, you know, because of it, you get this incredible, apparently, acidity. It's all made completely naturally. And actually, it's supposed to be very pure fruit. Whatever. Okay. But the sad story before, you know, before you start dissing it. It is impossible is, to buy. It's impossible to afford. Well, of so course, expensive. it's really expensive. Blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. But the sad story is it was so steep, the slope that the husband bought himself a tractor to try and help do some work there and basically felt it, he fell it, this is in two, I think 2016 so quite recently and killed himself so it's like a really really sad story like that is how steep the slopes are this is unfortunately what I call like he did try and drive up a really steep slope in a tractor though but I have to like, I'm like <laughs> don't be mean honestly I like, find it I mean, so I'm not, sad I'm not saying it was a, a, I'm not saying I'm still for sad for him but I mean not, not like I'm saying like that stupid woman who jumped into the polar bear cage Oh God! Did you see that? <laughs> no. Who's a stupid woman? Someone when she jumped in a polar bear cage and started swimming towards the polar bears. But it? this obviously has nothing to do with wine. No, right? no, 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 no. But then this polar bear luckily, story. No. Well, so then the polar bear then attacked her. And I think did she polar... die? No, I think she managed to survive, but they killed the polar bear. And at oh. that point, I'm like, I don't, I don't think if you jump, any, if you jump into a cage with all, with basically what it is a monster. But well, he's monster, not a monster. He's just. I think when you want one attacking you, it's it's a monster. Okay. Um, you know, the closest we have on Earth to what we call monsters. You know, if you're if you're dumb enough to go and try and play with a polar bear. I think that the polar bear shouldn't be put down why, because you're stupid. Why, why did she try? Um, I don't. I'm stupid. I think stupid is a stupid does, really, isn't it? I don't really think you can really. Okay, anybody, just uh, also anybody listening who likes to jump into polar bear cages, just turn don't. off. Just no, no, no well, just don't. don't. Just don't. stop listening. Yeah, but I mean, come on. They're, they're not. <laughs> they're, don't. They're, never, they're not good set listeners because they're never going to go to the end of the season, are they? No, that's true. They're not going to make it. <laughs> they'll jump into a they'll cage. Go, they'll, go, they'll go play ball on the motorway, or they'll Does go. Always have to open. Well, anyway, just to finish off, if anyone's interested in the very, very sad story, it's Domaine de Bourdon from Switzerland. It's very, no, it's, it's a sad story. It's a, it's a, but you know, anyway, you know, these really steep, steep, steep hills do apparently. I haven't tasted that wine. Make excellent wine, and they certainly have excellent stories, and people are, are interested in those kind of things, you know, whatever. But uh, but anyway, with climate change, that's that's where everyone's going. Everyone has to go higher has now. Go higher, that's why Mexico bring, so, bringing it all together. So we, that's why Mexico can make wine. Bring background then so what we're saying is what, what Torres and Jackson found wine we need to work on is they need to work on a tractor that can drive up vertically <laughs> and then that is fabulous that's it what, like, that, like a tractor with arms that like kind of grips into the ground either that either that or a hover tractor a hover picker. You do a hover picker. Do you know drone what? drone picker can you do a drone picker? Drone picking. I, I'm I can see the fun on that. I can definitely see the fun on that. But you say that. Who's the worst one? Someone, 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 there was a good, um, it was James who worked for, ah, uh, Howard Ripley, did this great little prank once where he sent around April Fool's email, okay. which was, he was saying that um, Eagle Muller had planted a small batch of uh, Riesling in property of the Queen, like it was, it was an experiment. In, oh no, it was in one, one of the parks, okay. famous park, as an experiment to see if they could do it and grow a, London, a proper London Riesling. And he'd done it. It was only like two hectares, and the first bottles were actually now going to be released. And he'd actually been monitoring it when he wasn't there by drone. And it's great. Like, so it's like there was up. a proper proper story. Yeah, no, he went he went well into it. So fair, fair play, James. He's uh, James is a bit of a character. <laughs> when April Fools was this? 
this was, oh, this was about two, three, I was about associating your house about three years ago. I stupidly only quickly got to skim read it, and I was like, cool, Riesling from this, yeah, boom, I'll take two cases. And people go, oh, he's no. He's like, dude, no, I'm like, oh. I go, I'm like, I go, she goes, did you read How this? He's like, did you, John, he's like, did you read this? I'm going to go email? and jump with that polar bear right now. You should have jumped my into my a cage Riesling. with a polar bear. I didn't actually read the whole email. I saw, like, all I saw was Igor Muller Riesling this price, like, yeah, calm down. I didn't actually read anything else. It wasn't your fault. You know, listen, exactly. How many people fell for that? You know, we're busy. Apparently quite a lot. Apparently a lot more than should have. I'm glad I never read it. That, that makes me feel a little bit better. But James also used to leave his, you know, he's a great rep. You know, he used to email him when he'd be on his holiday, not realising he'd be going, fuck off, I'm on holiday. That was his reply email. Which was that his automate. out of office? His out of office when we fuck off, I'm on holiday. Wow. Like that. I wonder if that was open to the people that for inside the company or just, <laughs> no, that just was only, his, only his customers. Yeah. Great. I've noticed mean, everyone. I've been going to James Care. But this, this is the thing. You like to be treated mean. Yeah, I and do. Stay, you keep keen. It's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm actually that guy with the beard who did you hear about the guy you're that guy with the beard no, just for anyone who doesn't know what John looks oh, no, like he does one. not have a beard so beard. he's just lying no, did you hear about the guy in Waterloo Nacho Station Nacho has a beard a very lovely beard he does Thank but you. he's also having to make up for the lack of on top so it's, yes uh, it's, it's, that's it's true like, not necessarily no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes oh, no, you, is that no I can see a decent amount of little stubbly bits on the top of your head not enough it doesn't grow it's not enough for you to feel comfortable it is a Bruce Willis look yeah I don't, well, okay, yeah. fine, but from what I see, um, I, I don't believe you. Continue, I'm so but then sorry. There's a, guy, there's a guy who, you hear about the Dominatrix, who led a guy on a chain through Waterloo Station the other day? No way. Ooh, but tell us. No, so, yes. Yeah, I th- wish I knew. The only basic story, she's some Dominatrix, I cannot remember her name, I just read the report the other day. Should we and call her And she led some big, 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 I don't want to say fat guy, but a, gen- a large gentleman with a big a beard. A friendly guy. On a, on a chain and a collar on all fours through Waterloo Station. What was he wearing? I think he was just wearing all black. He wasn't anything kinky he was wearing. But back that whole point, they weren't doing anything illegal. The police actually came over and spoke to them, like, yeah, but the technically the police, police statement was There's technically they're not doing anything illegal. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, to be honest, you say that. That is obviously weird in general for us to look at, but there are a lot of people dressed in, you know, different choices <laughs> that we might that we might look at but and say, oh, that's, that's interesting. Is, they definitely get enough. Her, own, her only thing was, goes, she did a post and goes, we're not used to seeing this in Waterloo Station. Apparently, the Dominatrix thing was, you best get used to it. So oh. Waterloo Station oh. could be spicing up at the moment. That sounds fabulous. I mean, is there going to be any photos that I can, I mean, is this written up? Where did you there find is, There is videos and pictures. You can, you can, I didn't actually watch the videos, but there was, there was a report. It's and they're interviewing her. In. I'm assuming he couldn't talk because well, she, he was a dog. She has, I believe she, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure this is just like a, a publicity stunt in that somewhere, but she, there was definitely, I think she was, her name is known, she is an official dominatrix and all this other stuff, and you can probably go find out who she is, and her Twitter is all put on there and everything as well. So, uh, yeah. Is she, is she a full-time dominatrix where you I didn't, can... I didn't go into those details. Like, oh, come I skipped on. Story. You're, you're letting everyone know, and then you're not giving all Sorry. the final details. Much like you when you talk about wine. Uh, <laughs> skimming and never giving any details. Or, I heard this one the other day, can someone please tell me where I heard it and where it came that from? That wasn't the wine, that was climate change, thank you, and my forte's wine. How dare you. <laughs> See? And you say that I'm the meme one. You're so horrible, No, I never me. said you're not the meme Talking one. of being horrible, you haven't really slagged anything off. I know, I mean... You're not, are you feeling well, quite positive? Well, there's uh, people who believe Earth is flat. Yeah, that's a little bit of a jam. And the woman who jumps into the... That's nothing compared to what. No, exactly. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to go on a lot about Bishop Stortford Council at the moment. Who oh are no, the council are upsetting but you. I, I don't. I don't. I, that's that's. Probably shouldn't say that until I finish doing my complaints. But yeah. um, I think no, we'll leave rent for next time. I've got to build something up. I'm too sick for renting. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Everyone gets a nice, calm episode for episode one. Nacho. You might make up for it. Never any rants from line. you, or are you feeling totally in zen, calm, and happy drinking your wine? Um, I'm happy with the wines we drank today. Yeah. I think they were 
They were really pretty. Really, showed oh, well, actually, yeah. really, really, really show all of them. Yes, we'll definitely put up these wines. And actually, I have to say, just to, just to summarise from my side, I love them all, but I'm really surprised by the Burgundy. I, I, I didn't expect this. What you, I think, you said opulence and the, the richness and the fruit. It just, it's. So beautiful. The Funny, name. I'm not surprised. I was kind of expecting <laughs> expecting it to be like that. I'd be disappointed. Kind of, if I'd had an open yeah. Porton, I'd have been very, very No, annoyed. yeah, it, it no, delivered. I think it delivered. Um, it did what it what it says. Yeah. By the glass, um, though, I suppose, okay, it's £18 a glass. Okay, so I'm... But I can name many places where you'd only get a normal Chassin for that price, so uh, there wouldn't have been half we're, as we're good. Is retail. Is one of the... A lot of wine bars, very good and meant to be very reputable wine bars, where their, their, their Chassin village would be that price and sure. not half as That's good. One That's one of the beauties true. of coming to Late Whites, to have a quick glass. I used to do that on my break quite a long time ago. No, a, that's it for a couple of years. Yeah. I would that's come right. here, have a glass of wine, have a read on the magazine and then it's rest calm. off for an hour. Yeah, It's, it's quiet. It's £8 pounds it's, it's for very good um, corkage of, yeah. if you buy a bottle and want to have it in. And there's even a little wine flight I saw in the menu where you can do all samples at 50 millilitres um, and uh, you get six six options and you can go around yeah, and, and try something. No, look. We we'll like it. We're giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, give you a thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah, two absolutely. thumbs up. Two th- so wow, thank okay, you, yeah. Nacho. <laughs> thank you, Nacho, for uh, bringing us to this place. Thank you for having a little chat and bringing Mexico to the UK. I've mentioned he does work at Hawksmoor, and he didn't bring any steak though, so I'm slightly disappointed. <laughs> like, so he I assume that'd be like some cooked meat on the table. He didn't but. bring uh, any uh, steak, and if he doesn't bring us any Mexican listeners. Well, we're not going to be very happy, I, are I we? Expect, I expect that our, our um, folks in Mexico should at least treble after this podcast. Treble, yeah. Well, we have zero right now. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not asking. We want three listeners. Okay, yeah, Nacho? Three. three. How much family do you have there? Um, I know a couple of people who drink wine in Mexico and I have a lot of family. So, cool, yeah. Fam. yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting to get at least three. Anyway, absolutely. thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank it was you. a pleasure. And uh, you'll see us again for episode two. Thanks very much. Ciao. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.